Player Profiler Faithful. It's Maddie Kewum. Welcome to the latest episode of The Game Plan. While you're here, make sure you're subscribed to the Player Profiler YouTube channel. Smash that like button and get ready to leave a whole bunch of comments because we got a banger of an episode for you today. So, gang, get out your pen and pad and let's start game planning to properly evaluate these rookies now that we know what NFL rosters they belong to. Planners, today I am joined by a very special guest. He is a friend of the show, making his second appearance on the game plan. He is the host of the Futurecast, the co-host of the Players Lounge, the man behind the player profiler mocks. Matter of fact, he was top 20 in the most prestigious mock draft competition on the dang planet. Ladies and gents, you already know I'm talking about the dog, the director of football at Player Profiler, Cody Carpentier. What is up, my brother? My brother, I appreciate you uh, for having me on the game plan. Two-time guest right here. I had to join Maddie, Doja Cat, DeRoges. I appreciate you for, uh, again, I mean, let's, let's, I mean, we just got done talking for half an hour about these damn rookies deep, oh, yeah. deep in the depths over on Patreon. And, uh, Let's jump on the game plan and let's keep on digging because that's what we do best. You mentioned the Patreon. What Patreon are you talking about there, Cody? Patreon.com forward slash executives. That's both <laughs> me and me. Maddie. Yeah, I never get it right either. I can both never get us. it right. Both of us. Everything yeah, I was gonna say, if I'm on the opposite camera, then I point this way, it's like all fucked up. <laughs> both of us over on <laughs> patreon.com forward slash executives. Got some rookie drafts popping up today. We got uh, a startup best ball dynasty, dynasty best ball draft going up in three weeks yes, over on the executives. going to be the executives league number one with both Maddie and me in it. Go jump on over there. And uh, yeah, we just dropped a second episode this week. Uh, the executives of rookies where we just talked about fucking the deep depths of this wide receiver class mm -hmm. and how we're attacking it in these rookie drafts. And like I said, I'm on the clock. I just talked about this at the 403, and I'm between Eric Gray and Zach Evans. There's actually one asshole in front of me, but that's where we're at. So, um, But anyway, Maddie, Doja Cat, DeRoges, I appreciate you having me on. <laughs> of course, Cody, you're always uh, welcome here on the game plan. We got a whole lot to talk about. Last week was the NFL draft. Your boys were there live in KC. The player profile draft house was an absolute blast. We streamed for what? 15 hours the two of us were together for i think six hours seven hours and you know what we Damn can kept going too many Damn near. it was it was a beast mode but it was a ton of fun so we got some and we're going to reevaluate some of these rookies now that we know their landing spots and then we are going to do a nice little one round quick ricky rookie mock to figure out how we value these guys now that they have an nfl team but before we get in let's hear from the pod father about ffpc you know, people always ask me, hey, what is the, the World Series of Fantasy or the Super Bowl of Fantasy Football? And it's easy. It's the FFPC, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. It's a $6 million prize pool. And they've had their never-too-early best ball leagues cranking since February. And so the FFPC is the answer to so many questions. Hey, hey, where's the best place to get a dynasty orphan? Well, you can adopt a dynasty orphan at the FFPC. That's why we partner with them. If you want to play fantasy football for low, medium, high stakes, seasonal, best ball, dynasty, go to the FFPC. And don't forget, promo code UNDERWORLD gets you $25 off your first team. $25 off your first team, no matter what team it is, no matter what format it is, at the FFPC. Go do it. FFPC, join today and grab yourself another little dynasty orphan. And after you listen to this episode, you will be ready to go in these rookie drafts. So, Cody, I got a question for you. So let's start it off with a pop, a little hot and popping question. What are your thoughts on Will Levis now that he went in round number dose? Where'd he go? The Tennessee Titans. A month ago, what did we say? The two spots we didn't want him to go. Titans and I think it was Texans. Bingo. And, uh... He went to the Titans. He got Derrick Henry still, which is a plus. That's a plus. They still got Chig. Yo. They still got Traylon Burks. They do too. And then they used a first round pick on Peter Skaronsky. Beast. Right? Yeah. Right? And they trust what they have in Nicholas Petit Frere at right tackle. They got Aaron Brewer at center. They're trying to build cheap on the offensive line. This has been something 
<clears throat> we've seen fail year after year in the NFL trying to build cheap, but they did spend that 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 big capital on Skaronsky probably to play guard. I'm interested to see what their dynamic is because Vrabel comes in and says, yep, Levis is three, Willis is two, Tannehill's one. But Tannehill's obviously got the big contract. Willis obviously flamed out for mm. you know everybody last wah, year. Wah, wah. No doubt exactly. about it. <laughs> and then you have Levis that comes in. And Levis, it shouldn't take him but a few weeks of throwing the football to surpass Willis because Willis always needed a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Levis does need a little bit of time. But I think he's got the guy in front of him to kind of help him progress over the offseason. One of the big reasons he fell was because his mentality. His mentality is ego. He's a little too muscular for the position. A lot of stupid things. And that can be a bias of, of opinions, right? Saying, well, yeah, he's too jacked. Okay, well, I actually mm-hmm. talked about that, about the likes of Anthony Richardson being too jacked. But he also went in the first round. So when, when NFL teams say that, it's like, okay, whatever. I think what it was was really just the off-field, the interviews, the ego, and things like that that caused mm-hmm. him to really fall. That's okay. Uh, Jim Irsay said he would have taken him if Richardson wasn't there. So there's just really weird thought and dynamic of like, okay, so if Richardson would have went three, then maybe Levis goes four, but instead he goes 33. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I really don't care. The point is he went to a spot that's not optimal. And so for rookie drafts, it's going to turn into an even bigger value because people already hated him. So in Superflex, it wouldn't shock me if he falls to the 10, 11, 12, 201 in certain leagues. It's just stupid. It doesn't make sense. But mm-hmm. do I love this lane spot? No. Do I still love Will Levis? Do I still trust the process on Will Levis? Yes, but probably at like an 85% clip comparison to where I was. Right. And I mean, getting Skronsky in the first and then Will Levis in the second, we actually talked about it uh, before privately. Would you rather have that happen or would you rather have him go 11 and have them take Osiris Torrance or yeah. a second round lineman? So in the end of it, maybe it all comes out in the wash where the addition of a Skaronsky truly helps Will Levis. And this offense, it it's kind of it works for quarterbacks. We've seen Ryan Tannehill have sneaky value. Two years ago, he was running back nine on a points per game oh quarterback nine on a points per game basis. And the thing that I think gets a little bit forgotten with Will Levis is he has a little bit of that sneaky athleticism, 72nd percentile 40-yard dash, 87th percentile bird score. I still believe in Will Levis. Matter of fact, in the rookie draft that I am in, I traded up to get him. And in the startup that I'm in, I took him over Derek Carr. Was that the right mm. or wrong move? That's tough. It's tough. That's tough. That's tough. I think – I wanted both. Because Disclaimer, I wanted both, but I ended up just getting uh, Levis and then Mac Jones. I hate that. Um, Why? I would have probably tried to I would have probably tried to take one of these guys and then I would have tried to like move a pick and try to get up and just to have them both because I like what Carr has as far as the talent around him is is beautiful. It's exactly what you want. And I don't think Jake Hayner's actually gonna be a pressing player behind him. No. Whereas Levis is gonna be pressing for the job. And I think as far as like age and opportunity goes, the ceiling can rise for um, Levis. I, I like them both. It's really weird because both these guys are always going to be values. It's it's going to be the same situation for Levis that you've seen for Carr, where he's going to throw over four racks and 28 touchdowns, and people are going to be like, this guy sucks ass. And it's like, okay, yeah, but he was white quarterback 14. Okay, but he's yeah. quarterback 12. And it's like, okay, cool, I'll take it. And like that, for me, if Levis gets a starting job in the next year, he's going to be that as a floor, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. Let's get back into the rookie landing spots thing. And I wanted to ask you this question. This is more of a big picture, kind of like uh, zoom it out here type of question. How much do these landing spots factor into your rookie evaluations? I mean, most, mostly, more so than more so than draft capital. I think it was your was your question. I think like I I think the draft capital is nice to a certain extent, and it matters for certain positions at certain ex- certain areas, mm-hmm. but. When we're talking land spot, like you can get down to these hairy situations where we just talked on Patreon on this, talking about the, the wide receiver land spots. When you get down past Josh Downs, it's like the floor falls out on landing spots as far as expectation in year one, right? Tank Dell is exposed to be this best friend to CJ Stroud, but Tank Dell's 165 pounds. He's going to be competing with, uh, you know, Xavier Hutchinson, Robert Woods, uh, John Mechie, Nico. John Mechie, Nico. Like there's a lot of people. Brevin Jordan, plus you got mm-hmm. the backfield there. Alton Schultz, uh, they brought into town. Hyatt, Jalen Hyatt's got people to compete with. Rashi Rice's got people to compete with. Trey Tucker's got people to compete with. So it's like if these guys, the lane spots can be as good as they as they can be, right? You can say, okay, Rashi Rice goes to Kansas City. Woo! 
yeah, but not so fast, right? Jalen Hyatt, he goes to New York. They need a receiver, yeah, but not so fast. Like I, I think I like the lane spot, but it's like not so fast, right? You like Darius Slayton, and I think he kind of fits a similar role. Um, it, it lane spot matters. Trey Tucker, beautiful lane spot mm-hmm. for twenty twenty four. So it, it, all these things take into account. Um, as far as fantasy expectation and fantasy output goes, you have to weigh them both. I, 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 I'll, it's kind of like the, uh, the conversation of film versus analytics. It's like, well, if you're on one side, fuck you. I hope I didn't lose my station, but like, that's, that's how I roll. Like if you're, I only watch film wrong. I only look at numbers wrong. Okay. I only look at draft capital wrong. Wrong. I only, I only look at lane spot wrong. Like you see what I'm, see what I'm saying here? Like I thought we were going to keep going. That was fun. Keep what? Keep putting these things <laughs> together. It's like you have to use everything. You have to use all these things. Yeah. It's like it's like saying, "Well, I only draft guys that are twenty point zero and younger." Okay, wrong. Well, exactly. Like you yeah. know what I'm saying. Then, like then you lost so Cooper many Cup. different things that go into all this. It's yeah. not just like so oh, much. I found the trick. The trick is this guy went in round one. I take him. Yeah, it's not. not nothing's as cut as cut and dry as top forty draft capital equals this. Top fifty draft capital equals that. Like we have outliers at every which way. You got to be able to to really kind of take in every different aspect and balance it out here. And you talked about draft capital landing spot. Let me ask you this: What's more important, draft capital or landing spot? Landing spot. Give me the landing spot yeah. because, yeah. like, that's where you know, like, I like we just talked about this, but like, oh, if this guy doesn't go, if we if this receiver doesn't go in top fifty five. He is dead. If this receiver doesn't go in top 55, he is a roster clogger. Like, no. How about yeah. this guy falls to round five and the opportunity is 100? Kayshawn Booty, this guy falls to round six. We know that the talent exists there, but you're just going to say, nope, I'm not going to touch him ever. Okay, well, you're the process that you have right now is wrong because if we get to fall, if you get him at the 409 in rookie drafts, that is value because those are darts. That you mm-hmm. can throw on a goddamn Sean Tucker, on a Deuce Vaughn, on a Chris Rodriguez. It's like, okay, I'm going to throw that dart on a 20.9-year-old wide receiver that did it at LSU. He's going to Bill Belichick. And guess what? If fall comes around and he gets cut, it's going to do the same thing for your team as it would have if you would have picked up, you know, name whatever guy, Justin Shorter, you know, uh, Parker yeah. Washington, Keaton Mitchell, Tanner McKee, any of these dudes in the fourth, fifth round. I'm going to throw my dart on a guy because I like the spot and because I like the, the circumstances that he presents in the situation he's in, not because of the draft capital, because he went in the six. Now the six and seventh rounds, a little stretchy, you know, but, of course. and he's kind of a, he's kind of a different situation, but like you have to take all of these things into account. And I think that's kind of the, the thing I was talking about a minute ago with the film versus analytics and drafting spot versus uh, draft capital. Yeah. But I think when it, when the push comes to shove, if I had to only have one, it would be the, the the landing spot because of depth chart situation all that mm-hmm. stuff yeah offensive schemes fit better players all that good stuff but that's why you come to the game plan because we're gonna give you stuff we're gonna supply you with tools and you don't have to just use a hammer you yep. can use a screwdriver you can use a sawzall you can use whatever tool that you need in a given situation to help you succeed that's why you tune in to the game plan I want to ask you this. This is probably my favorite question on the show sheet here because I think it it's gonna have a nice little back and forth here but give me your three favorite landing spots in this year's draft my three favorite landing spots well one is jordan addison he's oh, the smash uh the new uh 20 again let's see the, the verb this right jackson smith and jig was the number number one wide receiver when it comes to dynasty i think at, in this class but number one wide receiver in the 2023 season for the rookies i think it's jordan addison because of this landing spot this is this is hemmed up to be uh, the best thing we I mean. This is awesome. I, I don't. I don't really know what to say. Magic. It, it's it's beautiful. It's it's, it's so beautiful. effervescent. It's everything you want. Ooh, a great um, word, Cody. The the uh, the Jameer Gibbs one I actually kind of like um, because Jamison's out right, and these guys are actually pretty similar body types. And Jameer Gibbs can play out wide, play wide receiver, play in the slot, can move around the entire formation. Well, they have Montgomery there. So the thought and the focus will be more so on that big hefty runner. Well, Gibbs is going to be out in space. Gibbs is going to be everything that they've, I said this in a meeting the other day and it was like, well, he's 15 pounds later than DeAndre Swift. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. Gibbs is what they wanted Swift to be. Gibbs has proven to stay healthy. 
yep. Tech, Bama. He's going to do it again at Detroit. They just, you know, they burnt up the Swift shares. They burnt up. I never owned a single share of Swift in his fantasy life because I didn't like him coming out of college. Guess what? Guess who likes Gibbs? Daddy does. So uh, well, I like Gibbs. I like him in Detroit. I like Addison is my favorite spot. Yeah. I'll take Gibbs as that second one. These are like cliche top end dudes. Um, but when you scroll, scroll, scroll that ticker down, I think that Trey Tucker spot in Las Vegas is one of my favorite just because you can see the end coming for Hunter Renfro. And what this offense is going to do is it's going to it's going to lean on this in the slot area the same way that it has uh, for the Renfro's. And I think Trey Tucker is going to be a guy in 2024 for Dynasty. I love that spot. Uh, Marvin Mims, we talked about him on Patreon as well, um, being in that Sean Payton role with uh, yep. drafted Kenny Stills in the fifth round, his first draft with New Orleans. The next year he comes back, takes Brandon Cooks, and then the next year he trades Kenny Stills. Drafted Kenny Stills in the fifth. Two years later, traded him for a third and a linebacker, Danielle Ellerby. So that's called value. That's called how you. That's yep. a, that's how you run a franchise. You upgrade. You take stills and then you upgrade with Cooks the next year. Now his first pick as a Denver Bronco uh, is not fifth or first round. It's a third round pick, and they go Marvin Mims. I think it's going to be a guy that slots right in there. He's going to be a value for his eternity, uh, being in Denver, being with Russ. It's Russ's locket. It's Peyton's Cook. It's going to be uh, a, a beautiful. I just took him with the two oh what I don't know what the fuck it was two oh four maybe, and it's a hard button yeah, I think it's to just press. Two oh four something like that. It's gonna be a hard button to press, but it's gonna be one that you're not gonna regret. Yeah, those are good landing spots. I I, I was hoping to have a little bit of back and forth, but then you go ahead and drop some absolute nuggets on me. Some 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 really good landing spots. The Addison one obviously was an absolute smash. Uh, what Kirk Cousins is be able to do in terms of passing volume is great. Adam Thielen, shh, see you later, bud. He leaves 107 targets that Addison is probably going to pick up in its yeah. in its entirety. Uh, but a couple that you did not mention that I think are fantastic landing spots. Number one, Deuce Vaughn going to the Cowboys. His skill set, they don't really have anything there other than Tony Pollard to catch the ball. Tony Pollard, if he needs some rest with that, you know, ankle recovery uh all that stuff i think deuce vaughn now being able to play with the cowboys he's gonna see a bunch of uh, of touches that i don't think we could have seen if he went to a number of other teams so i think that was a sneaky good landing spot number two for me roshan johnson going to the bears mm-hmm. khalil herbert sixth round pick we love him because he's efficient but still sixth round pick see you later and then on top of that they brought in deontay foreman he only yep. gave him $2 million he's really just a backup roshan johnson comes in early day three capital and the second the Bears bring him in, what are they saying about this kid? He's built different. This kid ain't like you and me. This kid's different. We know he's going to pass, bro. He has the size. He, he And he also has a lot of similar similarities to a David Montgomery. And we've seen mm-hmm. David Montgomery year in and year out overperform his expectations in the fantasy community. So Roshan going to the Bears is fantastic. Uh, I who I think it was Jason. Yeah, it was Jason. Jason on Wake and Take. Shout out Jason Allwine on the Wake and Take. Brought up that the Bears have a Grizzly rating. Did they copy? Did they steal that from my boy? Cucks. Yeah, they took it. What? They stole your what? dog rating called the Grizzly rating. What a bunch of cucks, dude. What a. <laughs> but hey, hey, whatever. This is a real it, thing. I that's I believe so. We'll have to. This we'll is the first I've ever heard of Jason. this. Yes, the grizzly rating. It has to do with, you know, the grizzlies, the meanest bear in the world, the, the and they call these kids grizzlies. And it, it, Roshan ranked pretty highly on the dog rating, right? He did. He did. So they stole your shit, bro. You did. Hey, maybe you'll have a job with Chicago soon. Who knows? But my other landing spot, my favorite landing spot, the best landing spot in the entire rookie draft was AR-15. A-Rich going to the Colts, absolute smash spot. He's got the weapons, the coach. <laughs> the culture, all that good stuff. Cody's dumbfounded here because he learned that the NFL team is copping his stuff. I'm glad I could break break that to you live on the game plan here today. God damn, <laughs> man. I'm not lying. We'll have, we'll have to confirm this to Jason, but I'm, he said this on Wake and Take yesterday when I was watching that show. I'm so kind of tilted right take. now. I'm kind of tilted right now. It's crazy. It's crazy, but that means that your process uh, now we come <laughs> spots what are your three least favorite landing spots for incoming rookies for fantasy football um you i'm gonna be honest with you, you kind of broke my brain i don't know i was not i was not ready for that at all <laughs> i wasn't ready to even bring that up it just kind of came out as we were talking landing spots um least favorite landing spots um not because i care but because it's just nukes him zach charbonnet 
uh, we weren't, <laughs> we, I wasn't ahead on Zach Charbonnet and now this kind of every, you know, people are starting to dig holes. Uh, they're trying to, they're trying to like dig up out of a hole, but instead they're actually digging deeper because they're like, yeah, but this means that him should be two spots below him in dynasty. Kenneth Walker being him, Ken, yeah. you know, Zeke, uh, Charbonnet should be two spots below Kenneth because uh, no, stop, stop digging. Okay. Stop digging the hole. Like, quit. I don't like the land spot. Because no, it's not good. It's not him good and Jackson. All. We'll just put him and Jackson together in the same same answer. Number one, Jackson yeah. plus Charbonnet. Um, I think it nerfs them both. I think it nerfs any fantasy upside for both guys in year one and two. Really, for me, until I see what they do at quarterback, which I don't know when they're what they're going to do at quarterback outside of Geno. If it stays with, stays with Geno, I'm just going to be out on both these guys probably for the eternity of their careers. Um, the next one that I disliked was. Evan Hole. Evan Hole was a late round guy that a lot of people liked. The athleticism was there. He goes to Indianapolis behind Jonathan Taylor. He's essentially going to be a glorified um, Naheem Hines. So it's a guy that you think he's going to be a value, and you think it's the ideal handcuff to be behind Jonathan Taylor until Jonathan Taylor gets hurt and they sign an Adrian Peterson or some stupid shit like this off the street, right? Let him remember yeah. Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt. Uh, Zeke. Zeke, there are all these dudes are out here. There's, there's, you know, just of those four names we just named, there's like 10 more be- beneath them that are 225 pounds and will yeah. come in and will just be an asshole to Evan Hole. A Banacanda, I think, can be in the same conversation to the Jets. They got Zonovan, they got Michael Carter, they got Brees Hall. What does a Banacanda? I love the phone call they had with him. They're like, hey, another great back from Pitt was here, Curtis Martin. <laughs> they expect high things. I'm like, go, yeah, cool. Put this on this kid day one. Yeah, Curtis Martin or bust. That's where you're at. So um, that's another one there. Hendon Hooker going to Detroit. Don't love it because they're trying mm-hmm. to extend golf. Um, and I, as much as I don't think they should extend golf, it sounds like they're going to. Um, there was rumors of Richardson going to Detroit. Instead, they get Hooker in the third. So there's really no arms tied to him. Obviously, we saw Willis go in the third last year, Corral go in the third last year. There's no arms tied to either of these dudes. Uh, and if Hooker um, – comes in and, and isn't quite on the same level again that's why you saw hooker tillman hyatt round three round three round three um it kind of got nerfed as far as as far as it goes as far as expectation goes an ideal lane spot goes sending hooker to detroit again the weapons are there but the offense is not schemed the same as tennessee whereas mm-hmm. i would put the, if you're going to put him in a spot like this why not have him be the one that goes to kansas city and sits behind Patty Mac, where it's a high-powered, potent offense or whatever that you can build around. Um, I, I guess there's not really a lot of spots that I hate. Just trying to scroll through here and look, um, I really like a lot of these, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I, the only one actually, I will give a little bit of pushback here on Evan Hull because I think that given where he was going to go in the NFL draft, he was going to be somebody's handcuff. We weren't going to see him go to a landing spot where Evan Hull was about to get a whole bunch of touches. Now, yep. would it have been better if he went to Cincinnati? I think so. The Giants. A, the Giants. But, I mean, I think the Giants and the, and the Colts are still relatively the same in terms of what we need to happen for something for, for Hull to tr- be able to play. And, and like Saquon's seen, been much more satellite.com than fucking Jonathan Taylor has, you know? Like, I think they're going to yeah, want yeah. that downhill donkey. Like, Indianapolis wants that downhill asshole. Where like the Giants, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's gonna be that. That might be the title of the show here: Downhill Assholes, <laughs> <laughs> Donkeys and Downhill Assholes. No, but I'm saying like we've seen the dark <laughs> Deion Jackson be fantasy relevant. We've seen yeah. these backups yeah. to Jonathan Taylor be relevant. So if we're looking for someone to hop right in if Taylor gets hurt and he is coming off an injury plague 2022 season, I think that's a good little spot there for. For, for Evan Hull, but I do understand what you're saying in terms of there could have been better ones. There have there are probably better ones, but I think this is a pretty good one for Hull. I, I, another one that I like, I, I brought it up on the, on the Patreon episode we just did. I hate Jalen Hyatt's landing spot. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. The, but it's, the common, it's tough. So it's, tough. It, there's just... There's a ton of guys. They, they brought in. I know the 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 sentiment around it is the receiver that goes to the the, the New York Giants is going to get a ton of volume. Yep. Is he though? He's not a volume he, guy. He's not a volume guy. Darius Slayton is almost a cookie cutter cloth cutout of what Ooh. he what he kind of provides, and he just came off a 700 yard receiving season. We have Wondell Robinson who has high draft capital in 2022 coming back. They brought it. They brought back you know the old man Sterling Shepard. 
They Isaiah Hodgins looked good playing for them. They signed Paris Campbell. They didn't throw him a big contract, but we saw Paris Campbell really produce for the Colts down the stretch at the end of the fantasy season. So I, I think you factor all this in, and Hyatt becomes just your best ball type of dart throw. Hate Cookie that cutter cloth cutout. Cookie cutter cloth cutout. Say that board times fast. Downhill donkeys, downhill assholes, cookie cutter cloth. Downhill donkeys doing the dog job. I don't know. I want to ask you about one landing spot, too, that we didn't bring up, whether it's good or it's bad. Charlie Football going to the Cincinnati Bungles. I love that more than I like Yossi Vosh. And Mm -hmm. I want to correct this while we're on stream because I got misquoted and I got some hate on Twitter which is complete fugaze. I did not say Andre Yusavash was going to replace Higgins and Charlie <laughs> Football was going to replace Tyler Boyd. I said, in an ideal world for the Bengals, so an ideal world for the football team that drafted both guys, in an ideal world for the Bengals, Charlie Football would be the replacement to Tyler Boyd to save money. Yep. In an ideal world, Andre Yusavash would be the replacement for T. Higgins to save money. They are similar prospects, similar athletes, not similar prospects, sorry. They're similar athletes with yeah. similar body types. And I think that both would fit well into those molds. I'm not saying that they will replace them. That's a fucking cockamamie, you know. <laughs> fake news. Thought. That's even fake say, news. Yeah, Steve Boss is going to come out here and, and, and beat out T. Higgins in week two and they're going to trade T. Higgins. I, no, I never said that. So no, shout bro. out to Jack for the misquote. But um, <laughs> Hey, but also shout out to Jack because he owned up to it immediately at the draft house. I, mean, I walked up to him. I was that was awesome. That was the greatest <laughs> thing about being at the draft house. Was like normally we're all virtual, so it's like, damn yeah. man, Jack really misquoted me on purpose. And it's like, okay, it worked on Twitter. I love that shit. I love that shit when it pops and there are people yeah. just talking shit. But it was funny because we was like outside and I come in. And I go, I walk up to Jack. I go, Jack, what the hell was that? He goes, he goes. I'm sorry, man. And I was like, I'm just fucking with you, bro. That was funny as shit. But I was like, yeah, it was just the fact that I could walk up to him. And I was just like, bro, what, what the hell? What are you doing? And he's like, oh, man. man. But, and I was like, no, it was hilarious. He's like, I'm sorry, funny. dude. I get it 100%. I some salacious out there. The clicks work, but I was like, man, I'm not going to take. It caught on, though. I listened to multiple podcasts that, that was like, I'm not going to go as crazy for Yoshivash as Cody is. He's it was gonna, like Ray G. Didn't Ray G, Ray G see something yeah, about this? Ray G, I was Ray like, G. bro, well, this is. And then it's like, boom. Of course, after that, then it's like all of a sudden everyone's like, yeah, Cody says Yoshivash <laughs> is going to beat out T. Higgins. And everybody knows I'm like low on T. Higgins anyway. So now it just sounds like literally cockamamie. Well, ja- I mean, Jack's he's one of the best. And that's why he gets them clicks. He gets the energy he's going. A dog, so. Shout he's out to dog. Jack. Shout out, big shout out to Jack. But big shout out to everyone that went to the draft house. That was yeah. that was awesome. That was a ton, a ton of fun. All right. The next question I have here for you, sir, is that is there a landing spot that looks good, but it is a trap? So a potential good opportunity to sell in Dynasty. I was hoping you were gonna run like a sound effect go. It's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> What's that? I don't know. I saw this one. I saw this one scrolling through TikTok. It's like, it's a trap. Don't do it's it. A it's a trap. Don't do it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> man, my work, my brain just goes in fucking circles. You know that. That's why um, we always have fun shows. Which one of these lane spots is a trap? I trap. Do it. What's a trap? I think honestly, it's the Zay Flowers one, but it's for the inverse. It's not because it's a trap, like you're gonna fall into it and get bit. It's because you're gonna fall out of it and you're gonna get hosed. You're gonna say, "Oh, the Zay Flowers lane spot sucks, man. He ain't gonna do nothing," and then he's gonna be him. Timothy.com, baby. You're, you're, you're falling out of the inverse. You're like, man, I've gotten burned by this Baltimore situation. They're not going to throw the ball to Zay Flowers. And then it's going to turn around and Zay Flowers is going to have 130 targets. He's going to go for a rack city and have eight touchdowns. And you'd be like, that don't make no sense. And, and <laughs> it like, was a trap. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a reverse trap. You trapped yourself because you, you thought, I'm outsmarting these dudes and I'm not going to take Zay Flowers when you should have been all along. What about Jonathan Mingo? Is that a trap? I don't think so. I, I no. think it's a fine spot. Um, the the you know the easy thing to look at is the first receiver that's been drafted each of the last like seven years in round two. It's been a hit. Um, mm-hmm. He goes to the spot where he's got Bryce Young. He goes to a spot where there's not really a ton of of great receivers. There's a lot of good receivers like Adam Thielen and, and Chark and Terrace Marshall. I think are good receivers. Um, but it's I don't I'm not really worried about Higgins. So the first wide receiver drafted round two has been all right. 
Jonathan Mingo this year, Christian Watson last year, Elijah Moore, T. Higgins, Debo Samuel, Cortland Sutton. That was the last six drafts. So they've been pretty good. And again, that is just on the surface. And that's giving that's that's where you give the NFL credit for things because going into day two, it's like, all right, who's the best receiver on the board? And they usually go in the top 40. And it's within the first 10 picks on day two. So Mingo was that dude. So that wasn't all fish. He was 6'1, 226. He's got the athleticism to do it. Yep. He goes down there and like on the surface, he has the prototypical abilities to be the alpha in that offense. And I don't think it'll take much to surpass Terrace Marshall as much as Terrace has like, you know, got this, got this. He doesn't got dog in. I'm not going to say that, but he's got this no. like tenacity to him where he's got the talent to do it. Um, but he kind of fits as well in that flotation of being a number two guy um, with, with no real number one upside. And Chark is just a Chark is just a sprinter. And he's a two, and Thielen's just that slot guy. So really, like, I think Mingo is in a space to come in and be that alpha from day one with Bryce Young. And I, I see a world where he can fail, but I don't see a world where he can really, like, um, trap you and he's just going to be like Terrace Marshall was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Two guys, I'm going to lump them together because their landing spots are seemingly home runs. I know where you're going. Guess who are they going to go with then? Who's the two guys? Because they're going to the same team, right? Nope. Okay, I'm wrong. Devin A. Chain, Quentin Johnson, are either of those two traps? Because we love the landing spots. I mean, no. Like, these receivers get hurt all the time in Los Angeles. Quentin Johnson's going to get his opportunity. I think he's got enough up there. He definitely has enough talent to do the job. And then A. Chain. A. Chain is a fish draft picked in fantasy, period. So guys that – it's not going to trap you as much as it's just going to make you look like a donkey because you're going to draft him. You're going to be like, this guy's – you know, Jamal Charles. And it's like, no, he's not. Jamal (laughs) Charles could take 300 carries in a season. You know, all these dudes that, you know, you're copying him to from 15 years ago, 20 years ago, could take 300. Chris Johnson, you know, 350 carries, 350 touches. Jamal Charles, 300 touches. There is not a world where Devon Achan gets 300 touches. The world Mm -hmm. does not exist. You would have to go back 20 years for that world to exist. It's not here. It's not there. It's not anywhere. And according to Cat and Hat, and um, <laughs> I think Devon A-Chain going with, with Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson down there is great because they're going to split 250 carries three ways, and mm-hmm. they're going to just you know all have four threes, and they're all just going to sprint downhill, zone zone offensive run. It's going to be great fit, but again, it's a fish play because if you draft them in the second round, it's just it's not, a lot, not a lot for you. Yeah, I, I understand that. Uh, so kind of, kind of, I guess to answer your question, kind it's of, kind of. It's, so it's it's a trap if you don't reach. I mean, it's exactly. a trap if yeah. you reach. If you yeah, overexert yeah, yeah. yourself to acquire a chain, however you have to do so, whether it be rookie draft, startup pick, or trade, don't yep. overdo it because then it will be a trap. So it's very very thin ice there. Uh, okay, great analysis there, Cody. As always, now let's look at the inverse. Are there some sleeper landing spots? So maybe some good opportunities for players or, or fantasy gamers to buy into some guys. People think this Tyja Spears thing is kind of a low key spot. I am, um, I'm, I think it is, but the injury nukes it for me. If, if the injury wasn't a question, if I didn't know that not having an ACL is going to deter him from having a career longer than five years because he's going to need knee replacement. Mm-hmm. I would say Tyja Spears, I think, in this situation, but I'm not. I'm going to say Sam Laporta. Is this Ooh. fish? Is this fish? Because they literally just moved on from TJ Hawkinson and they knew what TJ Hawkinson could do. And mm-hmm. the profiles are similar. Obviously, he comes from Iowa and they take Sam Laporta here and they plug him in. And Laporta was a guy that was high on Dallas's board at the end of the round one. So the NFL respects him, they love the yak. And yeah, now Jamison's out. So who are the receivers in Detroit right now? Right? It's yes, Amon Ra. Marvin but, Jones. Marvin Jones. And that's what I'm saying. It's like you're going to have Laporte in here. Yes, it might be a tough struggle to start, but it's a tough struggle for everybody, all these tight ends to start. I think that the Laporte lane spot is actually pretty solid, though, because it's literally Brock Wright and James Mitchell. And nobody's mm-hmm. giving enough credit to Sam Laporta that he's going to be able to go in there and beat these two guys out yeah, in right. camp. And he will. And, you know, maybe he only ends up with 47 targets or whatever, you know, 47 receptions, whatever way you want to look at it. Neither are optimal. But if this offense rises, it's going to be exponential in year two and year three. Mm-hmm. And I think that yeah. uh, people are burnt for the same reason about Zay Flowers. People are burnt. Um, 
by the TJ Hawkinson situation, the Eric Ebron situation, but now they waited and they did it in round two instead of round one. And yeah, uh, it's okay. Laporte is not good. It's pretty, he's pretty good. He's pretty he's good. Pretty, pretty good. Trust, yeah. trust the process, man. They went and got talent to surround what they have in golf, what they have in Amon Ra. And eventually when, potentially when Jamison comes back, they'll have Laporta, Jamison, Amon Ra. They'll have Montgomery. They'll have Gibbs. There's enough talent there. The ball will spread. And there's, you know, it's not like it's just Hawkinson where it was the first couple of years. It's like all they have is Hawkinson and then Marvin. Yeah. No, it's it's going to be all these dudes. And I think uh, Laporta will pay off. And I, I think a lot of the sentiment that surrounded the Laporta pick was, well, they drafted Hawkinson eighth overall and they didn't really do anything with him. But then you go look at player profile, you go look at who drafted him, page, the Lions. No, no. Who, though? Oh, it was Matt Patricia. Yeah, what it was wasn't I mean, wasn't donkey this, of all donkeys. Wasn't this regime? No, it wasn't this regime. That's yeah. a great point. But another great point too. On top of that is, it's all relative because you yeah. look at T.J. Hawkinson twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one tight end seven on a points per game basis. So it's yeah. not like he was complete a complete donkey. He yeah. was good in fantasy, and the fact that Laporte is going to go into the situation where Marvin Jones and Brock Wright and Zilstra are going to be competing for the third you know spot on the pecking order in terms of targets i think laporta did go to a very sneaky good landing spot despite what people think because they're just comparing the laporta to hawkinson because mm-hmm. they went to the same college they both got good draft capital all this stuff but i think laporta could absolutely smash in year one uh someone for me i think that was a very good landing spot the sneaky good landing spot was josh downs mm-hmm wide receiver mm-hmm. from North Carolina goes to the Indianapolis Colts. They went and used a, a middle third round pick to bring him in. Uh, obviously he slipped because of his size, uh, but still he was a mega producer at UNC uh, had back to back 1000 yard receiving seasons with two different quarterbacks. I think that's super impressive. And he's going to, he's going to get a chance to work with incoming fourth overall pick Anthony Richardson all summer. We've already seen clips of the two working together in the parking lot on the practice field all over the place. And there's a, there's a situation I think very strongly that whether it be Minshew to start the season or a rich, whatever you ends up going, you got Michael Pittman jr. You got Alec Pierce on the outside. But Josh Downs slides right into that slot role and could easily become the second guy in terms of target share on that offense and could be a monster. What are your thoughts on Josh Downs? I love Josh Downs. I mean, one of the best road runners in the class. And I think, I mean, I couldn't even tell you how many, I mean, what did I do, six mocks? I bet you money. I go back right now. I bet you had four of those six mocks. I think I had Josh Downs going to the Colts at 34th overall. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think yeah. that that was the, that's a T.Y. Hilton replacement. And he catches a little flack, uh, Downs does on Twitter, but he is, I mean, he played with Howell, he played with Drake May, and they both loved him. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to play with probably the arm talent ways, the third best quarterback he's ever played with from Drake May down to Sam Howell, then down to A-Rich when it comes to arm talent. The opportunity's there. He's coming in as a rookie to play with A-Rich. You know, that rapport is going to start. It started yesterday or the other day, right, in these rookie camps, whereas it's going to take Richardson until he meets Pittman, until he meets Alec Pierce. I think Pierce is going to be the bottom of that pecking order, um, plus the tight ends. Um, I think I think Downs is going to be a guy that I'm going to own quite a bit of. So Fantasy Plumber in the chat says, is Flowers' talent and situation that much better than Downs's? Um, talent, yes. Situation, is situational because mm-hmm. both these quarterbacks are running quarterbacks yeah. with good arms, not great arms. As far as the strength goes, yes, Averich has great strengths. But as far as arm talent goes, I think I'd take Lamar's talent uh, 11 days out of 10 over uh, Anthony Richardson's. And Lamar's already been in that offense, and they just brought in Todd Monken, and there's wide receivers around him, and he's been doing it for how many years? Like Richardson's going to have a, a – a, a, growth it's not just going to come in and be a rich is going to be him right we saw the struggle yeah. with just justin fields and justin fields was much more of a, a progressed process prospect than yeah for sure um than richardson was so it, you know it's all you know fireworks and, and lightning for richardson on the ground but the passing game is going to be a little bit of a, a slow struggle situation like i said situational i take zay 13 days out of nine over downs i think <laughs> love it love it so that's all the questions i have for you in terms of landing spots everyone's sticking around we still got a bunch of people in the chat watching so i think we're going to give the people what they want and what the people want is a mock what do you point you mock draft mock, mock draft mock, 
The champs are in the building, so we will do a one-round rookie mock draft here right now to see if these landing spots made a big old difference in terms of how we're drafting these kids. So let me get this uh, nice and zoomed in for you so you can check it out, and we will get underway. Cody, you are the guest. Why don't you go with the very first pick? This is a super flex PPR tight end premium Rookie mock. So we're going to get everyone involved. Who are you going with with the 101? Cody Mock. <laughs> Cody Mock, baby. Um, what is this? Superflex? This is Superflex PPR tight end premium. Do I own this 101 pick or am I trading into it? Um, you are trading into it. Okay. I'm taking Anthony Richardson. A Rich, the no doubt here home run player i would say you teed uh, it up for me anthony richardson goes 101 because we talked about this on patreon.com forward slash executives when i have the 101 it's a 50 50 split for me if my team is um a champion right or yep. a runner-up or in that situation i'm probably going to take a Bijan to put me over the top but if my team maybe i'm at the 105 to 104 and i try to get up to that 101 because i need a quarterback bad i'm sitting here with joe burrow and Malik Willis and Matt Corral. I need to get another quarterback on the list, and I need to go. I need. I need to shoot the moon again. Try to shoot the moon, and I'm going to move up to one on one. I'm going to take Anthony Richardson. I'm going to try to have him be my second quarterback next to Burrow. It's a 50-50 split for me. Fifty percent of the time, I think I'm going to take Richardson. Fifty percent of the time, I'm going to take Bijan. Today, I'm taking Richardson. Okay, fair enough. So the one o two, I am going to take Mister Bijan Robinson. The draft capital is there. The landing spot is there. Arthur Smith, you know, obviously gets his guy. Uh, absolute beast of a running back. Uh, I have no qualms at all with Mr. Bijan Robinson. I think he has a very sneaky chance to even be the rookie of the year this year. NFC South, wide the F open. If Bijan Robinson is a massive reason why this team succeeds, I think there's a chance that Bijan is your rookie of the year. So give me Bijan right here, right now. Cody, you are up with the 103. I'm going to go Jordan Addison. Okay. It's really close for me between Jameer and Jordan Addison, but I'm going to go Addison because I need that early output. I want that early output with Addison. I think same with one uh, between Richardson and Robinson. I think three, four, five, uh, actually three and four. I'm not going to say three, four, five. Three, three and four, I think, can go either way as well. Do you need a receiver? Do you need a running back? This team needs receiver. So I'm going to go Addison here because the opportunity is there year one for Addison to be over 100 targets. I think he's one of the only guys. I think he's the only guy that when you're doing proper projections for the season, he's going to be the only uh, player in this class projected with over 100 targets. Um, his breakout rating just came out. He was fourth in the breakout finder um, with a 44.6% chance of a breakout in his career in the NFL, which is exactly 1% less than what Jefferson's was when he came out mm -hmm. 45.6. Go get the breakout finder app today at the breakouts uh, in the app store on Google and on um, Apple. It's five bucks and the 2023 class is officially updated post draft already. Like I said, Addison, 44.6% chance. I'm going to take him right here. I absolutely love the land spot. No bias aside uh, in Minnesota. I just really think that this team's probably going to be top five in scoring because the defense sucks so bad, and the targets are going to be going around to Addison, Jefferson, Addison, Jefferson, 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 Addison, 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 Jefferson, Jefferson. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it's going to go. And then Osborne one time. So what you have inadvertently done was drafted both guys that I put in the thumbnail. So sneaky go. good move on your part. Here at the 104, given Superflex, I am going with Bryce Young. Yes, he's small, but he's been an outlier his entire life. Um, he's been having to prove himself time and time again and has continuously done so. I'm going to kind of fall into the wacky, maybe new age way of thinking that we kind of saw right before the draft kicked off, which was this whole S2 scoring on the cognitive scale. CJ Stroud was undoubtedly the guy who scored in the 14th percentile. He never denied it. Matter of fact, he kind of admitted it by saying he's not here to take tests. Houston decided that wasn't an issue for him or for them. And I just wonder if a kid does have issues kind of processing and getting, developing, all that stuff, 
What is he going to do in Houston where he's throwing the ball to Tank Dell, 5'8"? You know, Hutchinson, we like, but a six-round pick. John Mechie, we haven't seen him in the NFL yet. Very excited to see him come back after beating Leukemia. Very, that's super exciting, but he is yet to be proven. Nico Collins, all these guys. I don't know what he's going to do without a Mecca and Marvin. I mean, look at who he has been passing to over the last two seasons. So that makes me a tad nervous. I know a little bit of that goes into Young, but Young is just... By all accounts, that dude, he's going to show up with Frank Reich as the number one overall pick. So I'm going to go with Bryce Young here in hopes that the 5'10", 2'04", stature isn't too much to overcome at the NFL level. So, Cody, you are back up at the 105, unless you have something you want to say about the 101, Bryce Young. I see you took the belt off your shoulder when you made that selection because you knew it was a fish play. So I'm going to take Jameer Gibbs here, and I'm going to uh, – I can't – It's I strapped it, so it's tough. It just, like, slides. So did I. I strapped mine. Around your neck, dude. It's called a chain, homie. Can I do that? Will it fit? That's W. You got to flip it. It's M. Oh, you're right. So 105, I'm going Jameer Gibbs. Running back Detroit Lions. Again, he is what they wished Swift was. The old regime, anyway. Um, he's going to be the opportunist guy. Uh, Dave Montgomery's not going to be Jamal Williams. There's going to be much more touchdowns to go around for other guys, like the tight ends, Laporta, like Amon Ra, like Gibbs, because Gibbs is going to be out there playing receiver. He's going to be out there playing in the slot out of the backfield all over because he's one of the best pass protectors we've seen in drafts over the last five years. I love Gibbs. I think the situation is apropos, and I'm going to take Gibbs here, and I'm going to have three of my top four players in this draft class. You keep passing on the quarterbacks. Is there a particular reason for that? I don't like them. You just don't like them. I took mine already. Yeah, but this is not just your only team here. This is a this is my only team, dog. This you just have all these picks. <laughs> You're a guy who just traded for all these picks. All right, hey, there is someone out there listening to this show that is having to make decisions because they have the one hundred one, the one hundred three, the one hundred five, the one hundred seven, the one hundred eight. So it's okay. I, I see your strategy here, uh, but here at the one hundred six, I will go C.J. Stroud. He has the draft capital. He does have the accuracy, talent, and we'll see if the S2 test is a indicator of potential downfall in the league. Let's see if lack of weapons is his, you know, his his kryptonite in the NFL, but you know, he's he brings a lot of positives to the table. So I'm going to go with CJ Stroud here at the 106. Cody, I'm teeing you up for the 107. Are you going to take him or are you going a different route? We team you up to take because uh I'm not taking Will Levis. <laughs> That's who I was teeing you up to take. I already took my quarterback, man. I got a rich. Oh, that's right. That's and right. I forgot. I don't You're think the team that has Joe Levis. Burrow and then six first round picks. Yeah, that's how we roll, dude. I literally. <laughs> I mean, think about this. I first off, there's only two of us here mocking. It's every other pick. Second off, when we had a conversation, you know, chat versus live show on trade gods, I told you yeah. I traded back from the 103 to the 106. I got 2024 yeah. first. Trade back to the 106 to the. Like the 204. I got 202, 302, and a 2024 first. So yeah. I got 324 first. I tell you, by the time it comes around, I'm probably going to have six of them, and that's going to be what this is going to look like. Every other pick, <laughs> we mean hammering a big dog. So we got Richardson one, Addison three, okay. Gibbs five, and you're sitting here with two quarterbacks and Bijan. And now at the 107, I'm going to take the wide receiver that most have as their top. I have him as two for 2023, but I have him at number one as the top. Jackson Smith and Jigba at the 107. You ain't going to get him here very much, but I'm going to take him right here. 107, Jackson Smith and Jigba to the Seattle Sea Chickens because I trust that Lockett will retire in the next two years and they will have a better quarterback in the next two years. And even if they don't, Geno's going to be still top 10 in completion percentage. Opportunity is going to be there for Jackson to get 120 to 160 targets, even with DK Metcalf in that team, in that seam receiver room. Get take. I'll take Jackson Smith and Jigba. Jackson Smith probably won't be there at the 107, but if he is not there, you know who could be? Jordan Addison. So I I think that either way, I'm very excited to come out with either one. And I was on the GOAT district, so shout out JD, Dan, and and Theo. Uh, They had me on last this past week. Theo wasn't there, but he was, you know, he's part of the GOAT district. They, I I was saying to them, I'm with you. We're pretty much lockstep, both having Addison over JSN this year. But I'm starting to talk to my into my. I'm starting to talk myself into Jordan Addison being my wide receiver one in this class for dynasty also because mm. if the Seahawks have such a good team that they run the ball and they play good defense, I don't know if a volume receiver's upside is truly there when you have the Vikings. 
I mean, they are as gunslinger of an offense as you can get in the NFL. They play indoors. And guess what the NFC North division is shaping up to be? A damn arena football shootout division. You got the Lions. You got the Bears who are on their way up. You have the Packers that if Jordan Love can take the reins, they'll have a good offense. And then you have the Vikings who are an absolute shootout offense. So I'm starting to talk myself into Addison here. But I got the 108, and I am going Mr. Zay Flowers. When we were at the draft house, uh, I was talking to Alex Dunlap from Roster Watch, and he was asking me about who do I go with in the mid to end of round one? Do I go with Zay Flowers? Do I go Devon A. Chain, Kendra Miller, Zach Charbonnet? Who do I go with? And I said, I think I'm going Zay Flowers. He told me straight up. He said, I think you're wrong, Matt. I think you're wrong here. And I said, well, Alex, you have been saying this throughout the process that you do see some A-B in his game. You see some Antonio Brown in uh, Zay Flowers' skill set, correct? He said, yeah, I do. So I said, on a scale from zero to Antonio Brown, where do you have Zay Flowers? And he was like, mm, let me think of that. And he said, so I said, wait, let me cut you off for here for a second. If you Do you have him above a six on the Antonio Brown scale? He said, oh, yeah, easily. I said, "Then he's that's my pick. Then that's my pick. If you're telling me that type of skill set is available with the 108, give it to me all day long because I do not think that Rashad Bateman is better than Zay Flowers. I do not think that Odell Beckham at this current stage of his career is better than Zay Flowers. So if Zay Flowers is the de facto wide receiver one by the end of the season, he is going to be a monster in Todd Munkin's new offense. So give me Zay at the 108. Cody, you're up with the 109, and feel free to chime in about Zay Flowers. I think that was the next pick I was going to make, but I think it's funny that you just jumped me for saying that I was drafting one team here and uh, I may have access to somebody's rankings. And, uh, <laughs> they've passed on their number four player here mm-hmm. a few times. I have because and, of the value uh, right. I can get them later. And I got two quarterbacks here. I've right. pivoted. I am now one team as well. Right. So I'm going to take Will Levis here at the one Oh nine because I like upside. Yes. I don't he like has the upside. Things, I don't We've think I don't like things that are mid in life. Zay Flowers is, is not Bryce, mid. Bryce Zay Young and CJ Stroud is mid. Bryce Young is not mid. Those are mid things in life. Where's he going to finish? Not mid things What's in life. What's his career? He plays 10 seasons in the NFL. What is his career average quarterback finish for fantasy? Probably 12 to 15. Mid. And Will Levis is oh, Will Levis is going to eclipse that. Upside. This is see. This is where Cody knows how to upside how to the crevices of my brain. I've upside. been over here talking about Will Levis. He hates Lance, but I like Will Levis. I've become Up. the Will Levis guy. Side upside. Yeah, we'll fucking slap you upside your head next time I see you, sir. Upside, brother. That's <laughs> I've been I've been saying this since the first mock we ever did. The upside is there with Levis and Richardson, and I just took Rich at one on one, and you fell into the trap. Don't fall into the trap. The trap. <laughs> Will Levis fell to me at nine. Not only did I get Levis, I got wide receiver one and two. I got quarterback one and two, and I got Jameer Gibbs. Absolutely upside. Yeah, there's good upside. No, I, I, you're right, and I have been attacking Will Levis in real life a little bit higher than this. Yeah, I know maybe you, I did. I was like, yeah. he's gonna fall for this. He's, he's talking. I shit. did. I did. Fall right into this ah! trap. Hey, you know what? It's sometimes, sometimes when you have to be the host, you have to take a certain role, and that role here was allowing my guests to shine. So that's my yeah, story. Yes. I'm sticking to it. At the 110 here, give me Kendra Miller. Uh, I like Kendra Miller in this class. I love the landing spot. I think at the on the the floor side of his 2023 outcome, he's uh, really sprinkled in as a a change of pace kind of spell Kamara where we all know what Jamal Williams will be. He's just going to be yeah. that, that downhill asshole, that, that donkey that yeah. kind of plows in. He ain't getting 17 touchdowns. And on the upside, we might see Alvin Kamara out six to eight games and Kendra Miller is going to absolutely be a beast in that offense. So give me Kendra Miller here at the 110, and I'm happy about it. Is this tight end premium? It is tight end premium. So there's conversations to be had right here. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of these guys are off the board in general leagues. There's conversations to be had right here about Kincaid for some people, not your boy. Michael Mayer in Las Vegas. That's a very, very interesting spot. But like we said before mm-hmm. about Trey Tucker, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of people to throw the football to. Mm-hmm. Not the cliche mouth to feed, but there is quite literally a lot of mouths to feed there. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take Quentin Johnston. You're going to let the first-round receiver not fall to the first round of the rookie draft. Good on you because I would not have taken him at the 112. I'm just not a believer. I'm just not. I don't, I will, I don't think he's like – I don't think he's the dude by any means. But 
this is only going to be round one round, right? Yes. I would. You don't have to take Roshan here. You don't have to take Jaden Reed here. I'm not drafting Charbonnet. Like Mayer's a consideration, but I don't want to draft my tight ends, dude. I don't have any interest in drafting tight ends. Mm-hmm. So the like the bottom of the barrel really falls to you right here. Is like I'm trading back. Trade oh, back. Yeah. I'm trading but back here too. If Johnston's here and I had to make a pick, I'll take Johnston. That's not gonna like. There's literally nobody else on this fucking board that I'd rather have. I don't yeah. really love Johnston, but I love him enough to the point where if I can't move, I'm not gonna take him and be a jackass and not understand values. Like I love Reed, I love Roshan, I like Bigsby, I love Mayer, I love Mims, Downs. None of these guys deserve to be 111. Quinton, there's a world to the right. Value makes sense for Quinton at 111. I just saw him go off at the 1-0, quite literal seven in a super flex draft. No, I the the the, the love for Quinton's gonna be there, but when I look at his player profile page and see uh Josh Doxon. I'm just reminded of why I hate this yep. type of prospect profile. So I will just stay away from I him. I do not care if I'm wrong. I will stay away from him. here. I'm at the 112. And, and I think we need to continue this conversation because I think a lot of people watching are curious as to when to hit the QB button, even in tight end premium. Dalton Kincaid gets round one draft capital. But you know who's still there? Dawson Knox. And you know how much money they gave Dawson Knox? $52 million. They don't have an out after this year. I don't believe they have an out until after next season. So Dalton Knox is there. Over the last two seasons, <laughs> Dawson Knox has hauled in 15 touchdowns. 15. Do we think all 15 just would go to Kincaid because he has the round one draft capital? I don't know. And then the, the thought that he's going to be a big slot player, I guess that seems logical in a, some weird way, but... They still have Stefan Diggs there. They still have Gabe Davis there. They still want to get a, a little bit of a semblance of a run game going, you would hope. They did bring in Damian Harris to kind of fulfill that Devin Singletary role. Yeah. And the thing about Singletary in his 2022 season with the, the Bills, the games in which they were close was the game in which they used Singletary. So if this defense takes a step back, which I think it will, they're going to be a lot more close games. If this if this division that they're in, all of a sudden, you know, the Dolphins are getting better. The Jets got a whole lot better. And this year, the Patriots have an actual offensive coordinator. If those games are closer, we're talking about more running of the football. I don't know where the ceiling is for Dalton Kincaid. In my ranks, I have Michael Mayer as my tight end one, but Austin Hooper's there, who's a professional. He's not a superstar, but is he enough to take away? You talk about all the mouths to feed. That takes away a little bit of value. Sam Laporta, to me, if you are going upside tight end, seems like the play if you are going to go tight end, but I don't know if I want to do that here at the 112. Matter of fact, I know I do not. I'm going to leave the tight ends away. I know it's tight end premium, but I'm still like you. If I have a back end of the first round pick, I'm trying to trade into the second round and try to gobble up more picks because I want to take a couple of dart throws here. I want to walk away with Roshan and maybe Laporta or Musgrave later in that round. I want to walk away with a chain and, and Charbonnet. I want multiple chances in the second round. So I'm definitely looking to trade back, but it, since I cannot give me my boy at the 112, Jaden Reed, Jaden Reed gets the 50th overall draft capital. So for all of the, uh, for lack of better terms, all the nerds out there that say you cannot have uh, valuable guys in fantasy if they're not taking the top 50, bada bing, bada boom, you check that box. He goes to an offense where he can easily be the wide receiver two right away. Gets number 11. It looks awesome already running routes on that team. Jordan Love is going to be a new quarterback, so the preferential treatment to who gets what is going to shift. Watson will probably be the number one guy, but Jaden Reed could be right there at number two. Dogwater Dobbs is not taking that role. So give me the guy who got the draft capital. Give me the guy who's best comparable player on our very website is my boy, Stefan Diggs. I love Jaden Reed. Love this landing spot. So taking him at the 112. Again, I'm trying to trade back and get a few of these guys in this range, but give me some Jaden Reed. So here is our first round. Anthony Richardson, B. John Robinson, Jordan Addison, which I think is a surprise of the first round, Bryce Young, Jameer Gibbs, C.J. Stroud, J.S.N., Zay Flowers, Will Levis, because you tricked me, you got me, it was a trap! Kendra Miller, Quentin Johnson, Jaden Reed. Cody, what do you think of this first round? I think I won. This wasn't a competition. This isn't Mock Draft Live. I'll see, I'll see you on the next episode of Mock Draft Live, and maybe you'll put some respect on my name. Champ. We're tag team champs. Why are you being a dick? What do you mean? You said you won. I did. Yeah, you probably did. 
Yeah. I'm just kidding. No, I think this is a this is a really good Jordan Addison, it was JSN, it was a good round. This is a really good experiment. Uh, this is a very good experiment because I took Addison here, and people I already see a couple comments in the chat about taking Addison over these quarterbacks. And the easy explanation I have for you is what I said to Maddie earlier was I don't like the mid things in life, which is young and Stroud. I understand the value is there with Levis because you can wait till 9, 10, 11, 12 to get him in certain leagues, depending if you know who your league mates are and if they love the A chains of the world and things like that. But taking Addison at three, I think was the winning chess piece in this whole draft because it allowed me to take that wide receiver and kind of force you into the quarterback, right? And I don't yeah, love the yeah, quarterback. That's a good point. The, the two guys that are going to be forced into being, think about the studs that are in the NFL right now. There is eight dudes that are cemented in the top 10 right now, year in and year out for fantasy point output. Get, Young and Stroud do not have that ability. They don't have the ability to get into the top eight, to crack the top eight. I think they're going to be stuck between quarterback 10 and quarterback 15 for most of their career. And that's fine. That's very adequate output for a quarterback, but that's not what I want. I want that wide receiver that think about him in Minnesota getting 110 targets as a rookie, as a rookie with Justin Jefferson healthy. Mm-hmm. This offense is going to be star studded when it comes to output. Hawkinson, yeah. Addison, yeah. and Jefferson is one of the best trios you'll find in the league when it comes to two wide receiver and one tight end. The running game, they're getting rid of Cook. The output's going to be there in year one and year two. If they draft the running back next year, okay, we'll see. But they got Madison and McBride right now. Come on. JSN. Being down there at seven, again, we talked about this, you and I did, with the Ken Walker, Charbonnet situation and the, the overall output. They're going to win a lot of games scoring less than 20 points. They're not going to have to throw the ball a ton. Jason is going to be fine, but he's not going to be at Addison's level. The upside you're playing with Addison is that you saw that 1,600-yard season, season at Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is a 1,600-yard season from Jason at Ohio State. These are, these are not far-off prospects when you can look at the numbers. Now you look at the size, he's, he's 10 pounds lighter. Yeah, but so Jefferson will self-proclaim himself to be a 190-pound wide receiver. So if Addison's 170, it is what it is. I think he's going to be a great number two for the Minnesota Vikings next to Jefferson. And if that day does come where Jefferson missed a game, I tell you what, Addison wouldn't not be a top five wide receiver in that given week as far as expectation and pro- projection. But if I said, hey, man, uh, this guy named uh, DK Metcalf is out this week. Tyler Lockett's out this week. People are going to say, well, JSN. No, no, no. So they're probably going to run the ball 45 times. Yeah, they'll He's run the ball 85 times. Force up there. Yeah. I think the overall upside and floor for Jordan Addison is why I took him right there. It's going to be hot. It could be whatever it is, but I'll take him here at the 103 if my team is competing and uh, I need the wide receiver. So it's a long-winded, kind of confusing answer, but I think Addison deserves it, and that's why I'm doing it. So senior football in the chat says Cody's back must have been blown out by carrying the tag team. (laughs) And guess what? You carried this episode as well. So Cody, thank you for joining the game plan. Please tell everyone listening where they can find you on socials and where they can get all your content. I think you just dropped an article on the website, if I'm not mistaken. At Carpenter NFL on all platforms, uh, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere i don't know where else um patreon.com forward slash executives that's me and maddie putting output there videos drafts leagues uh, articles write-ups things uh three four five times a week over on player uh, patreon.com forward slash executives and then i just dra- dropped my nfl draft grades for the afc on playerprofile.com in the NFL draft section under mocks and analysis. The NFL draft grades, you can see the Kansas City Chiefs scored an A++ all the way down to the Washington Commandos getting an F-. Uh, <laughs> I grade these teams for real, not just my thoughts. It's actual numbers coming in with positional value, player value, and things of sort. Yeah, I mean, let's see. What else? I was going to say something else there that we were doing. Uh, oh, I did the future cast yesterday. So that's another mm-hmm. episode you can go check out. And then the NFC grades will be up as well. But, Maddie, I mean, man, I love doing episodes with you. We do the executive together every single week. If you want more Maddie and Cody, just tap into patreon.com forward slash executives. But uh, other than that, man, I appreciate you. Thank you for the platform to come on here and mock against you and get that dub. But uh, <laughs> thank you. 
of course, anything, every time you want to come on the game plan, you have an open invitation. Uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter. I'm at Matty Keywoom. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe to the Player Profile YouTube channel. Smash the like on this video. Leave some comments about how Cody yes. dominated that mock. Uh, all you want, that's fine. It helps the algorithm, baby. So you're helping your boy out. And stay tapped into PlayerProfile.com because we got the World Favorites Draft Kit on its way. The Rookie Guide is out. Cody, shout out to you for putting together the best rookie dry, uh, rookie guide in on planet earth so check that out as well you can tap into the trade gods that comes out each and every thursday with my my man jason allwine uh that's pretty much gonna do it check, get into the discord if you want to talk fantasy football 24 7 so let's keep game planning my friends and i'll see you next week peace